0: How are we to prepare for Jesus' return? Do we just hope we are ready? Is there something more? What is it that we are to do to watch and be ready? Join me as we dig deep into being ready for the second coming of Jesus. My name is Chris Holland, and this is Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. Friends, I am just thrilled that you have joined us here today. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Click on receiving the notifications and don't forget to like this video. As we prepare for our study, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to study the Bible. And now as we study the Bible and dig deep into being ready for the second coming, I pray that you would open our eyes that we might see what we ought to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there was a Northern California couple by the name of John and Mary, and they were on their daily walk with their dog. They had taken the same route for their walk for years. Now, as they walked along their property, they noticed something sticking out of the ground that they had never noticed before. It looked like an old rusty can, but they just weren't sure. And so, that day when they saw it, it intrigued them. So they began to dig around that object, and eventually, they unearthed eight rusty cans. Now, while that may not seem much of a find, it was the contents of those metal cans that was truly amazing what they found might well be the greatest buried treasure ever found in the United States. They found a cache of 1,400 rare 19th century coins. And it was estimated that those coins were worth more than 10 million U.S. dollars. Now, no one knows exactly how they got there. Some had thought it was money from a bank robbery. However, that theory had been proven false. It seems that someone just buried these coins and then they died before they let anyone know where they were. Is it possible that we too are sitting on a buried treasure? Could it be that this pot of gold as it was could teach us a lesson in how we might be ready for the return of Jesus. Now in Matthew 25, there are three parables. Each of these parables demonstrates the answer to Jesus' call to watch and be ready. That call is found in In Matthew 24. Now today we will look at the second of those parables. Now if you have missed any episodes of Digging Deeper, I want to encourage you go to awr.org forward slash Bible and there you can find the previous programs of Digging Deeper along with the opportunity to ask a Bible question. Do you have some Bible question on your mind? You can go to awr.org forward slash Bible You can ask that question. You also can make a prayer request. Friend, we want to hear about your prayer requests. What is it that you're struggling with in life? What are you praising the Lord about? You can put your prayer request there. Or you can watch our full master class on prophecy with Kami Utman. Now, as we turn our attention to the second parable of Matthew 25, we again are attempting to answer the question, What does it mean to watch and be ready? Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 25. There in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14, the Bible has this to say. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14. This is what the Bible says. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two, gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, the King James and the New King James use the phrase kingdom of heaven. Now, I want you to notice that it is in italics. Now, what does that simply mean? When you're reading in the Bible in the King James and New King James Version, when italicized words appear, that means that those words are not in the original Greek translation of the Bible. What the translators have done is they have inserted these words to clarify the meaning of the passage. Newer versions of the Bible simply use the word it. This is, in fact, what the original Greek text Says. Now, why do I make such a big deal about such a small word? By using the word it, Jesus is drawing our attention back to the previous parable and helping us to connect to the two of them. Now, we studied verses 1 to 13 and saw that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God in the parable of the ten virgins. Now, remember, you can go to www.awr.org forward slash Bible. And there you can find my message on the ten virgins. But I want you to take note of this. This is so important because Jesus in using the word, it points us back to that first parable, which discusses our personal readiness and accountability in preparation for the kingdom. All three of the parables are connected. In fact, they are all connected to Matthew 24. This is not just a series of individual parables and stories that Jesus happened to string together before he was crucified. Jesus wants us to be clear in our understanding what the factors are in being ready for his return. Now, as we look at this parable, and remember, parables are stories that are often metaphorical or symbolic in nature. Now, in this parable, the master going on a journey is representative of Jesus Christ and is a reference to his departure and soon return. Now, In the parable, as we go beyond verse 14, verse 15, as we read before, says this, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Now, as we analyze what this parable is saying, we want to look deeper into some of these words so we might better understand what the parable means. The word ability there is, in verse 15 is the Greek word dunamis. It means strength or power. Often it means enabling power, and in the King James, it's often translated as mighty works. But when dunamis is used in uh, in association with God's power and His strength, it is especially connotating the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this gives us a sense that although these servants have been given according to their personal ability, those personal abilities themselves are actually God-given attributes. So the master gave them talents according to their ability, but that ability is a God-given ability. Now the talent in New Testament times with was both a weight of measure and a coin. Now, here in this parable, as we will see in just a moment, there is no question that it is referring to the coin. Now, just to help us in our understanding of the parable, what is the value of this coin? Now, if you found one of these coins, if you found a talent, and then you turned it in today, it would be approximately worth about $4,700. However, Our concern should not be the value of a talent now, but rather, what is the value of a talent in New Testament times? Now, I want you to follow me here. We're going to do just a little bit of math. In the New Testament, what is the daily wage? Well, according to Matthew 20 and verse two, it talks about a day's wage being one penny or one denarius, Now, the talent in New Testament times was worth about 6,000 denarii. Now, here's where we're going to do a little bit of math. If we figure 300 working days per year, this accounts for weekends and Sabbaths and such, that means that the slave who received only one talent received almost 20 years worth of wages. To the servant that received two talents, that means he received 40 years worth of wages. And to the one who received five, that means that he received 100 years worth of wages. It's the point I'm trying to make here. Friends, this was no small sum of money Sometimes when we read this passage, we feel bad and we say, oh, he he just received one talent. But friends, the one talent was worth 20 years worth of wages. Let me ask you this. How would you like to receive 20 years worth of wages? It is a significant value. And as we journey through this parable, we will see that the talent is symbolic of the skills and abilities which God has given to each of us. And those talents and abilities are given in particular to grow his kingdom in the context that that growing of the kingdom is a part of watching and being ready. Now, after giving each of the servants their talents, the master left on a journey. Don't miss the point of the beginning of this parable. In fact, it's quite clear. And this is the point everyone is given some gift or skill in accordance with his or her ability and that ability is actually been given by God and that gift has been given for the expansion of God's kingdom in the context of watching and being ready. Now let's get further into the parable. Verses 16 to 18, what does the Bible say? Then he who had the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went out and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Now here we draw another point. It seems very clear that there is an expectation that we utilize these gifts, the gifts given to us by God, in preparing the world to meet him. Watch and be ready. In verse 16, it simply says, then. In more modern versions, it will use the word immediately. The Greek literally conveys the idea that he went without delay. The one who received the five talents immediately utilized those gifts. And the passage says that the one with two did likewise. And the passage says he traded with them. Quite literally, it means that he invested them. He made those talents work for him. And although the text does not plainly indicate instructions from the master, these first two servants knew that these talents were to be put to use. They were to be taken. They were to be taken to the marketplace and profited upon. However, the third servant does something very interesting. He goes, he digs a hole in the ground, And he hides the money. You know, it's very interesting. This is actually how many treasures are found today. In ancient times and even in more recent history, people, instead of taking their money to the bank or some type of facility, they bury those coins or those treasures. They'll take a jar, they'll take a can, they'll put the coins, they'll put the money in a can or a jar and they'll bury it. In fact, many treasure hunters of recent times have been made very happy by the choice of burying these treasures. You know, I actually own a metal detector and when you're searching out on an old property, maybe an old farm, they tell you to search around some particular areas, to search around fence posts, Or search around those old oak trees. Because that's where people buried those items. So they might go back someday and find them. But something happens. Maybe they die or they move away or something happens. And that buried jar is forgotten. And it is forgotten and becomes a buried treasure awaiting its discovery. The third servant does nothing with the talent he had been given, but rather just stores it in the ground. Now the parable continues in verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20 continues on. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This passage says that the master returned to settle accounts. The King James says he came to reckoneth accounts. You see, the master came. And he came to investigate how they used what he had given them. The whole idea of settling accounts carries with it the connotation of judgment, specifically judging what had been done. I would like for each of you to take note of several keys right here in the passage. For the first and second servant, while receiving differing amounts, I want you to take note now they received the same reward for their diligence. It is the exact statement of praise and reward. It indicates beyond a shadow of a doubt that one point of this parable is not the total amount you've been gifted with, but on the faithfulness and responsibility in living up to the potential and giftedness That God has granted you. The key is faithfulness. As you make a decision to follow Jesus, will you be faithful to the gifts, talents, and abilities that he has granted you? The reward of heaven is the joy of Jesus, and the joy of Jesus is that you would be with him in heaven. Remember, Jesus said himself, I go to prepare a place for you. That place is the reward of those that are faithful. And I really, really wish that I could stop the parable here, but the parable is not finished. Verse 24 tells us a much more somber story about the servant who received one talent. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there you have what is yours but is. Master answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This portion of the parable speaks loud and clear. A key part of the judgment of God will be based upon how we have utilized his gifts and talents and abilities. But the promise of hope is that the joy of the Lord awaits those who will obey and use their gifts. Now, I want to be very clear right now. The Bible minces no words when it says this in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We are saved by the grace of God alone. In fact, Paul, Paul further emphasizes this in Romans three twenty-two to 24, where he says these words, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then again, Paul emphasizes in 1 Timothy, he who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You see, it is the grace of God that enables us to be saved from our sins. My dear friend, have you trusted in Jesus? Have you asked for his grace to keep you close to him? If not, right now is the time. Right now is the time. And you see, when you accept the grace of Jesus Christ, and as the grace of Christ comes into your life, it does something. It it changes us. It transforms us. In fact, Romans 6, 4 says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Have you been baptized, friend? The Bible invites us to publicly Publicly display our inward commitment to him and be baptized and that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk listen to this now, in the newness of life. You see, after we give our heart and our mind to Jesus Christ, he transforms us so that we can walk in the newness of life in him. Don't miss this now. And while we are saved by grace, this parable clearly outlines that a key part of the judgment is what we do and how we are faithful to God's calling. This is why Jesus said himself in Matthew 7, 20, by their fruits, you will know them. And Jesus also said in Matthew 16, 27, for the son of man will come in the glory of his father. This is talking about the second coming. He'll come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward, listen now, each according to his works. That's the whole point here. My dear friends, we are saved by the grace of God alone. But we need to be very clear. Making a decision to follow Jesus Christ, to be a Christ follower, to be a Christian is more than just making a proclamation with our mouth. But part of the readiness of Jesus that he calls each of us to at the end of time, just before his second coming, is that as we await the return, we must be faithful to the gifts and abilities and talents that he's given to each one of us. And my dear friends, as we look for hope in this helpless and hopeless world, God has placed each of us to be a beacon of hope in this dark place. It's no accident that you're watching the Digging Deeper program. God wants you to be a beacon of light for him. He's given each of us gifts. And those gifts come in multiple forms. Maybe he's given you the gift of money. How then are we to use that money? We are to bless those around us with that gift from God. Maybe he's given you the ability to cook or bake. What are we doing with that ability given by God to bless the world around us? How about something as simple as this? Time. He's given each of us time. What are we doing with our time to bless those that are around us? You see, Jesus has a wonderful place A wonderful place of hope that he has prepared for us. He wants you to be there. He wants me to be there. But he also desires something else. He desires those around you to be there as well. How are you utilizing the gifts and talents and abilities to prepare those around you for the second coming of Jesus? My dear friend today, Do you want to offer your life to Jesus? Do you want to offer your life that it might be utilized for His glory and the expansion of His kingdom? Do you want to be used as a tool to bring hope to this helpless and hopeless planet? Today, will you be faithful to His calling? My dear friends, I do hope that you will make the choice to be faithful today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we see in the parable of the 10 talents that a part of our watching and being ready, it is to utilize the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that you have given to us as a gift. And so Lord, I pray that as each and every individual that is watching this program, as they hear, as they see, as they're touched by your love, I pray, Lord, that they would be filled with your strength to be that beacon of light that makes a difference in the world around them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, dear friends, I don't want you to forget I want you to go to www.awr.org forward slash Bible. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. There you can register to become a part of the Digging Deeper family. And by registering, you'll get a special invitation to become a part of our special Facebook group. Now, in addition to that at awr.org forward slash Bible, you can ask a question. You can make a prayer request. Right now, maybe you've made that decision for Jesus Christ. Go to awr.org forward slash Bible. Let us know. Let us know you've made a decision to follow Jesus. I invite you friends. Go there. Get in touch with us. We'd like to hear from you. My dear friends, God bless each of you. And remember, we have the prophetic word confirmed in this book, which you will do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns And the morning star rises in your hearts. My dear friends, I do pray that the morning star Jesus rises in your hearts. Thank you so much for joining us. See you again next time. God bless.
1: enjoyed listening to the end-time prophetic events, whether you've never before opened a Bible or have been studying it all your life, you'll gain new insights from this series. By looking at Revelation and Daniel as well as other books of the Bible, you'll find that the Bible itself clearly unlocks the mysteries of Bible prophecies. This will transform what may feel like a confusing book into something clear and understandable. If you want to learn more Bible truth or ask a Bible question, or perhaps find freedom, healing, and hope in Jesus, please give us a call. Our WhatsApp number is plus one two four zero two 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 zero seven seven seven. We are certain that you'll gain a deeper understanding of Jesus' love for you and emerge with an even closer relationship with Him. For more information, visit us on the web at bible.awr.org or send us an email at bible.awr.org.
0: How are we to prepare for Jesus' return? Do we just hope we are ready? Is there something more? What is it that we are to do to watch and be ready? Join me as we dig deep into being ready for the second coming of Jesus. My name is Chris Holland, and this is Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. Friends, I am just thrilled that you have joined us here today. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button click on receiving the notifications, and don't forget to like this video. As we prepare for our study, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to study the Bible, and now as we study the Bible and dig deep into being ready for the second coming, I pray that you would open our eyes that we might see what we ought to do. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, there was a Northern California couple by the name of John and Mary, and they were on their daily walk with their dog. They had taken the same route for their walk for years. Now, as they walked along their property, they noticed something sticking out of the ground that they had never noticed before. It looked like an old rusty can, but they just weren't sure. And so that day when they saw it, it intrigued them. So they began to dig around that object, and eventually, they unearthed eight rusty cans. Now, while that may not seem much of a find, it was the contents of those metal cans that was truly amazing. What they found might well be the greatest buried treasure ever found in the United States they found a cache of 1,400 rare 19th century coins. And it was estimated that those coins were worth more than 10 million U.S. dollars. Now, no one knows exactly how they got there. Some had thought it was money from a bank robbery. However, that theory had been proven false. It seems that someone just buried these coins and then they died before they let anyone know where they were. Is it possible that we too are sitting on a buried treasure? Could it be that this pot of gold as it was could teach us a lesson in how we might be ready for the return of Jesus? Now, in Matthew 25, there are three parables. Each of these parables demonstrates the answer to Jesus' call to watch and be ready. That call is found in Matthew 24. Now, today we will look at the second of those parables. Now, if you have missed any episodes of Digging Deeper, I want to encourage you, go to awr.org forward slash Bible, and there you can find the previous programs of Digging Deeper along with the opportunity to ask a Bible question. Do you have some Bible question on your mind? You can go to awr.org forward slash Bible, you can ask that question. You also can make a prayer request. Friend, we want to hear about your prayer requests. What is it that you're struggling with in life? What are you praising the Lord about? You can put your prayer request there. Or you can watch our full masterclass on prophecy with Kami Utman. Now, as we turn our attention to the second parable of Matthew 25, we again are attempting to answer the question, What does it mean to watch and be ready? Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 25. There in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14, the Bible has this to say. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14. This is what the Bible says. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two, gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, the King James and the New King James use the phrase kingdom of heaven. Now, I want you to notice that it is in italics. Now, what does that simply mean? When you're reading in the Bible in the King James and New King James Version, when italicized words appear, that means that those words are not in the original Greek translation of the Bible. What the translators have done is they have inserted these words to clarify the meaning of the passage. Newer versions of the Bible simply use the word it. This is, in fact, what the original Greek text says. Now, why do I make such a big deal about such a small word? By using the word it, Jesus is drawing our attention back to the previous parable and helping us to connect to the two of them. Now, we studied verses 1 to 13 and saw that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God in the parable of the ten virgins. Now, remember, you can go to www.awr.org forward slash Bible, and there you can find my message on the ten virgins. But I want you to take note of this. This is so important because Jesus, in using the word it, points us back to that first parable, which discusses our personal readiness and accountability in preparation for the kingdom. All three of the parables are connected. In fact, they are all connected to Matthew 24. This is not just a series of individual parables and stories that Jesus happened to string together before he was crucified. Jesus wants us to be clear in our understanding what the factors are in being ready for his return. Now, as we look at this parable, and remember, parables are stories that are often metaphorical or symbolic in nature. Now, in this parable, the master going on a journey is representative of Jesus Christ and is a reference to his departure and soon return. Now, in the parable, as we go beyond verse 14, verse 15, as we read before, says this, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability and immediately he went on a journey. Now, as we analyze what this parable is saying, we want to look deeper into some of these words so we might better understand what the parable means. The word ability there in verse 15 is the Greek word dunamis. It means strength or power. Often it means enabling power. And in the King James, it's often translated as mighty Works, but when dunamis is used in uh, in association with God's power and His strength, it is especially connotating the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this gives us a sense that although these servants have been given according to their personal ability, those personal abilities themselves are actually God-given attributes. So the master gave them talents according to their ability, but that ability is a God given ability. Now, the talent in New Testament times was both a weight of measure and a coin. Now, here in this parable, as we will see in just a moment, there is no question that it is referring to the coin. Now, just to help us in our understanding of the parable, what is the value of this coin? Now, if you found one of these coins, if you found a talent and then you turned it in today, it would be approximately worth about $4,700. However, our concern should not be the value of a talent now, but rather what is the value of a talent in New Testament times? Now, I want you to follow me here. We're going to do just a little bit of math. In the New Testament, what is... The daily wage. Well, according to Matthew 20 and verse 2, it talks about a day's wage being one penny or one denarius. Now, the talent in New Testament times was worth about 6,000 denarii. Now, here's where we're going to do a little bit of math. If we figure 300 working days per year, this accounts for weekends and Sabbaths and such. That means that the slave who received only one talent received almost 20 years' worth of wages. To the servant that received two talents, that means he received 40 years' worth of wages. And to the one who received five, that means that he received 100 years' worth of wages. It's the point I'm trying to make here. Friends, this was no small sum of money. Sometimes when we read this passage, we feel bad and we say, oh, he he just received one talent. But friends, the one talent was worth 20 years worth of wages. Let me ask you this. How would you like to receive 20 years worth of wages? It is a significant value. And as we journey through this parable, we will see that the talent is symbolic of the skills and abilities which God has given to each of us and those talents and abilities are given in particular to grow his kingdom in the context that that growing of the kingdom is a part of watching and being ready. Now, after giving each of the servants their talents, the master left on a journey. Don't miss the point of the beginning of this parable. In fact, it's quite clear. And this is the point. Everyone is given some gift or skill in accordance with his or her ability. And that ability is actually been given by God. And that gift has been given for the expansion of God's kingdom in the context of watching and being ready. Now let's get further into the parable. Verses 16 to 18, what does the Bible say? Then he who had the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went out and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And here we draw another point. It seems very clear That there is an expectation that we utilize these gifts, the gifts given to us by God, in preparing the world to meet Him. Watch and be ready. In verse 16, it simply says, then. In more modern versions, it will use the word immediately. The Greek literally conveys the idea that he went without delay. The one who received the five talents immediately utilized those gifts. And the passage says that the one with two did likewise. And the passage says he traded with them. Quite literally, it means that he invested them. He made those talents work for him. And although the text does not plainly indicate instructions from the master, these first two servants knew that these talents were to be put to use. They were to be taken. They were to be taken to the marketplace and profited upon. However, the third servant does something very interesting. He goes, he digs a hole in the ground, and he hides the money. You know, it's very interesting. This is actually how many treasures are found today. In ancient times, and even in more recent history, people, instead of taking their money to the bank or some type of facility, they bury those coins or those treasures. They'll take a jar, they'll take a can, they'll put the coins, they'll put the money in a can or a jar, and they'll bury it. In fact, many treasure hunters of recent times have been made very happy by the choice of burying these treasures. You know, I actually own a metal detector, and when you're searching out on an old property, maybe an old farm, they tell you to search around some particular areas, to search around fence posts or search around those old oak trees, because that's where people buried those items. So they might go back someday and find them. But something happens. Maybe they die or they move away or something happens and that buried jar is forgotten and it is forgotten and becomes a buried treasure awaiting its discovery. The third servant does nothing with the talent he had been given, but rather just stores it in the ground. Now the parable continues in verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20 continues on. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Enter into the joy of your Lord. You know, this passage says that the master returned to settle accounts. The King James says he came to reckoneth accounts. You see, the master came. And he came to investigate how they used what he had given them. The whole idea of settling accounts carries with it the connotation of judgment. Specifically judging what had been done. I would you I would like for each of you to take note of several keys right here in the passage. For the first and second servant, while receiving differing amounts, I want you to take note now, they received the same reward for their diligence. It is the exact statement of praise and reward. It indicates beyond a shadow of a doubt that one point of this parable is not the total amount you've been gifted with, but on the faithfulness and responsibility in living up to the potential and giftedness that God has granted you. The key is faithfulness. As you make a decision to follow Jesus, will you be faithful to the gifts, talents, and abilities that he has granted you? The reward of heaven is the joy of Jesus, and the joy of Jesus is that you would be with him in heaven. Remember, Jesus said himself, I go to prepare a place for you. That place is the reward of those that are faithful. I really, really wish that I could stop the parable here, but the parable is not finished. Verse 24 tells us a much more somber story about the servant who received one talent. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This portion of the parable speaks loud and clear. A key part of the judgment of God will be based upon how we have utilized his gifts and talents and abilities. But the promise of hope is that the joy of the Lord awaits those who will obey and use their gifts. Now, I want to be very clear right now. The Bible minces no words when it says this in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We are saved by the grace of God alone. In fact, Paul, Paul further emphasizes this in Romans three twenty-two to 24, where he says these words, For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then again, Paul emphasizes in 1 Timothy, he who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You see, it is the grace of God that enables us to be saved from our sins. My dear friend, have you trusted in Jesus? Have you asked for His grace to keep you close to Him? If not, right now is the time. Right now is the time. And you see, when you accept the grace of Jesus Christ, and as the grace of Christ comes into your life, it does something. It changes us. It transforms us. In fact, Romans 6 4 says, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Have you been baptized, friend? The Bible invites us to publicly, publicly display our inward commitment to him and be baptized. And that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk, listen to this now, in the newness of life. You see, after we give our heart and our mind to Jesus Christ, he transforms us so that we can walk in the newness of life in him. Don't miss this now. And while we are saved by grace, this parable clearly outlines that a key part of the judgment is what we do and how we are faithful to God's calling. This is why Jesus said himself in Matthew 7, 20, by their fruits you will know them. And Jesus also said in Matthew 1627, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father. This is talking about the second coming. He'll come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward, listen now, each according to his works. What's the whole point here? My dear friends, we are saved by the grace of God alone. But we need to be very clear. Making a decision to follow Jesus Christ, to be a Christ follower, to be a Christian is more than just making a proclamation with our mouth. But part of the readiness of Jesus that he calls each of us to at the end of time, just before his second coming, is that as we await the return, we must be faithful to the gifts and abilities and talents that he's given to each one of us. And my dear friends, as we look for hope in this helpless and hopeless world, God has placed each of us to be a beacon of hope in this dark place. It's no accident that you're watching the Digging Deeper program. God wants you to be a beacon of light for him. He's given each of us gifts. And those gifts come in multiple forms. Maybe he's given you the gift of money. How then are we to use that money? We are to bless those around us With that gift from God. Maybe he's given you the ability to cook or bake. What are we doing with that ability given by God to bless the world around us? How about something as simple as this? Time. He's given each of us time. What are we doing with our time to bless those that are around us? You see, Jesus has a wonderful place A wonderful place of hope that he has prepared for us. He wants you to be there. He wants me to be there. But he also desires something else. He desires those around you to be there as well. How are you utilizing the gifts and talents and abilities to prepare those around you for the second coming of Jesus? My dear friend today, Do you want to offer your life to Jesus? Do you want to offer your life that it might be utilized for His glory and the expansion of His kingdom? Do you want to be used as a tool to bring hope to this helpless and hopeless planet? Today, will you be faithful to His calling? My dear friends, I do hope that you will make the choice be faithful today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we see in the parable of the ten talents that a part of our watching and being ready, it is to utilize the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that you have given to us as a gift. And so, Lord, I pray that as each and every individual that is watching this program, as they hear, as they see, as they're touched by your love, I pray, Lord, that they would be filled with your strength to be that beacon of light that makes a difference in the world around them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, dear friends, I don't want you to forget I want you to go to www.awr.org forward slash Bible. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. There you can register to become a part of the Digging Deeper family. And by registering, you'll get a special invitation to become a part of our special Facebook group. Now, in addition to that, at awr.org forward slash Bible, you can ask a question. You can make a prayer request. Right now, maybe you've made that decision for Jesus Christ. Go to awr.org forward slash Bible. Let us know. Let us know you've made a decision to follow Jesus. I invite you friends. Go there. Get in touch with us. We'd like to hear from you. My dear friends, God bless each of you. And remember, we have the prophetic word confirmed in this book, which you will do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns And the morning star rises in your hearts. My dear friends, I do pray that the morning star Jesus rises in your hearts. Thank you so much for joining us. See you again next time. God bless.
1: I hope you have enjoyed listening to the end time prophetic events. Whether you've never before opened a Bible or have been studying it all your life, you'll gain new insights from this series. By looking at Revelation and Daniel, as well as other books of the Bible, you'll find that the Bible itself clearly unlocks the mysteries of Bible prophecies.